it's Christmas. But it's gone very quickly for, for me. It just like, just, just seemed like the other day we were finishing up the turkey and then here we are running into the Christmas tree and then we just got our tree up. I hope you guys are ready for Christmas. I hope this month has been a great month for you to manage all the craziness that's going on. But we are here to celebrate Jesus Christ. We're here to celebrate because there's nobody like him. Absolutely nobody. And uh, you are here because you love him too. You are here because you want to serve him. You are here because he's called you. Did you get what that passage says? First John 4.10, Linda read in the NIV. I want to read it to you in the message. This is a great passage. It says, this is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage that they've done to our relationship with God. Isn't that a great gift? Isn't that a great gift? Wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. And those words that Linda read, he... He treasures you. You are his treasured possession. He loved with a love that surpasses any experience or knowledge. Even what little you know, there's so much more to know about the Lord Jesus. So much more. And he loved us and he sent his son as the atoning sacrifice. Well, this is what I want to get back to as we get our hearts wrapped around uh, the thing of the true Messiah. This is the one that motivated the 12 disciples. This is the one that motivated the multitudes to follow him. This is the one that motivated the Pharisees to crucify him. But this true Messiah is the one that God says, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. And know Israel and be assured of this, that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. As, uh, as we get into this topic today, I want to focus on one theme. I keep going back and forth with these titles. Uh, I never know, but here's, the, here's a focal point that I want you to focus on with me today as I share some thoughts about the Messiah's mighty mercy. When love comes down in this form of a little child there's a reason and a purpose and a goal that God has it's his desires to do something for us and so a couple weeks ago I introduced this and so here's my question again what's the threefold ministry for the from the Jewish perspective what's the threefold ministry of the Messiah do you remember that (laughs) you guys are great prophet priest and king this is what Eusebius in 314 promoted in the churches, so he, he, he began to understand the rules, and so John Calvin picked this up later on, and so Jerry DeHart picks it up in 2020, not that I'm in that category, but I wanted to share with you that he is a merciful prophet. He's a merciful priest. He's a merciful king. And as you get into this, you understand uh, and think about how how powerful, how how all-surpassing, how almighty. And so when you think about the word mercy, and, uh, and 
you think about the word love, which is what we would use. But in the Jewish thinking, they would use a different word. I want to teach you the word. Some of you know this. Chesed. If you're Jewish, you use the, the guttural H coming through there. Chesed. But in English, we call it Hesed. And we translate it in a number of ways. And that's why I want to say it's mighty, it's powerful, it's enriched. And as you think about the word mercy... It's used so often in scripture in so many different ways. But look at the meaning of this word. It means long-lasting, covenant care, agape, unconditional love, mercy, steadfast, solid, sensitive, honoring, involved, serving, considerate, intentional, compassion, unconditional Kindness. This word is such a rich word. In five little letters, it's just mercy. But boy, we need to really understand this today in our age. Has said, here's the a negative version. To take those positive, it means not giving up, not distancing, not conditioned, uh, not weak, not unreliable, not uncaring, not without affection. Nor avoiding, nor avoiding or divorcing. Hesed is not forgetful, not indifferent, not tentative. You almost hear Paul in 1 Corinthians in that, that love does not seek its own, but Hesed is other-centered. The opposite is, I quit, I reject. I'm not wanting to be involved. I'm hard-hearted, disinterested, tentative, standoffish. Uncommitted, independent, manipulative, takers and not givers. Slow to forgive. Unwilling and unsacrificial. This is such a rich word. Such a rich word. And therefore, this ministry of this prophet, priest, and king is all of those things apply to you as you see Jesus and as Jesus sees you. Now there's one verse of scripture for me and, and I don't uh, I don't memorize uh, much in the amplified version. <clears throat> but there's one verse that caught my eye and I thought, once I read this I thought, I love this passage and I love the way it picks up the intensity of this word and uh, it's Hebrews 13.5. And I want you to, oh, if you haven't gone back and picked up this Amplified, go get it, get it on your computer, but print it out somewhere. But here's what the verse says. I'm going to focus on this. It says, let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature, be free from the love of money. Shun greed. Be financially ethical, but be content. With whatever you have. For he has says, and here's the focus, I will never, under, <clears throat> under any circumstances, desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Wow. 
This is the mighty Messiah speaking of of a work that he's going to come and do for us as as we follow his ways. But know that this is the work the Holy Spirit does in you. It says it's, it's in your inner nature. And therefore, if we're going to look at this. As you look into the eyes of the Messiah, and you see the Messiah looking back at you, it is being seen. It is being known. It is being recognized in the fullness. And when you see his eyes, you'll see how he loves you. I tell people when they are in this pre-departure time to leave this earth, that one of the first things that they will see when they cross over from death into life is they'll see the eyes of Christ and they will hear him calling your name. For God is on a first name basis. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Jacob. I'm the God of Isaac. Zacchaeus, get off of that tree. Mary, Mary, Lazarus, for our God is on a first name basis. It's the only economy in the world to know, to get into this kingdom, you have to know the king on a very personal level. But when he looks at you, can you imagine seeing Christ looking at you? What's he going to do? What are you going to do? This is what I want to look at. And, and, and here in the scriptures, we have a record of what Christ did. In Matthew 9, 36, here is Hesed in action. When Jesus saw the multitude as distressed and downcast, Matthew says, he saw the multitudes. And it moved him to such a degree he had compassion on them because he understood they were distressed And they were downcast. He saw the reality that people had to suffer with. Jesus sees affliction. Jesus sees people in COVID Christmas who've lost loved ones. Jesus knows what's going on. But let me tell you, he's moved with compassion. Deep compassion. This is a food line in New York. The food line goes eight blocks long. It's a half a mile Jesus knows people are hungry. People have not been attending. And so this is the story about the feeding of the 5,000. Matthew picks up again. When Jesus heard what had happened, that everybody was following him, and he was trying to get alone. He can't get alone. And here come 5,000 people after this Messiah. And he says, hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot. And when Jesus landed and he saw... A large crowd. He saw every single person in that crowd. He also saw them from across. But he had compassion. And they came and they brought the sick to him. This Hesed, this one whose love with two feet, walking around with compassion. Matthew picks this up. And the story, or Luke picks this up with the story of the Samaritan who was on a journey and he came upon him. And again, Luke picks up this phrase that when he saw him, he felt compassion. He felt the hesed. He felt the love. The idea that, that this is something very interesting <clears throat> because as you look through your eyes, 
what you see and how you process the world is going to affect you in one sense. But this is the opposite way of the kingdom. You've heard of this passage in Matthew 6.22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now the interesting twist on this passage for us is that when we in the Western culture, in our modern culture, when we consider the eye, we consider the eye as the window to process information, sensory stimulation, so that we're getting an outside source to let the light come through and we respond to what we see. But in the ancient Hebrew mindset, it was the opposite. The eye reflected what was within. Almost as the source of light, the source of clarity comes from within. And so if you see that your soul is full of light, then what you see in the darkness is you see things differently. You see compassionately. You look at your character and others' character through the eyes of Christ. This is the mercy of the Messiah. And so that's why the Hebrews passage says, let your character, your moral essence, your spirit, have that sense of mercy that Christ would have. And if you don't have the light of Christ... Inside is darkness. There's nothing inside of you. King James says evil. But if your eye is bad, then your whole body is, you're in darkness on the inside. And therefore what you see on the outside is only a projection of the darkness from the inside. But the light in you is, if it's dark, Jesus says, how great is that darkness. That's why he came, to be the light of the world. And when he comes in with this hesed, with this light of mercy, it says in Psalm 145, the Lord is gracious and he is full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. This is the Jesus sitting on the throne that Isaiah saw. Holy, holy, holy is this Lord God Almighty. And and with that, the shame of Isaiah hit But the mercy of God came to Isaiah's shame and and cleansed him with that coal and said, "Uh, I have a job for you. And Isaiah says, I live in a world of unclean people, of unclean lips. I'm not worthy. But the Lord knows that. And Isaiah met the mercy, the mighty mercy of the Messiah. And therefore... I want you to understand what Jesus wants you to understand and wants me to understand that this hesed, this love, this compassion, this light, Jesus would say, go and learn what this means. This is priority in the kingdom. I desire hesed. I desire mercy. And not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. 
That's Matthew 9. And he repeats it in Matthew 12. If you knew Pharisees, unbelievers, those who are far from the kingdom, if you knew this mercy, if you knew that what's on my heart, what I desire is mercy, you would not have condemned. You would not. If you knew, you wouldn't complain and argue and dismiss and fight. You wouldn't have condemned innocent ones. Amazing. Jesus says, I want you to learn this. Well, to make it practical, Hesed is not just theoretical, or it's not just motivational, and it's not just uh, inspirational. For the Jewish person, it's, you can say you have love, but if you don't have it with actions, you haven't understood what mercy is all about. And so have you heard, have you heard, that's the acronym for what I'm going to give you, these five practical points. I won't go through them extensively like I'd like to because it's Christmas and we want to get on, be here till midnight. (laughs) But I want you to hear a couple things. Hesed. Heard. H-E-A-R-D. Hesed, first of all, in the the Near East, uh, it's true today, it means hospitality. It means you are invited in. It also means, for me, this is the word, I would use the word embrace. That once you have this sense of mercy, you're no longer self-preoccupied, but you're free to embrace other people. It means that there's an affection. Because you want to engage people in a way that you touch people with affection. Hesed has to do with the idea of restoring dignity. That you have respect for people. Even though they're broken, the bruised reed, he's not going to throw away. But this restoration, that mercy comes in, comes out of a vertical devotion because you know the Lord loves you and has been merciful to you and therefore you can be merciful to others. Real quickly, it was Homer, the Greek, who says what you understand, that if you've been in somebody's home and they've gone out of your way to give you hospitality, you will always remember people who've gone out of the way to serve you. You've done that for me, coming to Chesterland. A number of you just have reached out and have just been, and I always remember those first moments and and you've been in situations where you've been in need and people have come through for you. You never forget hospitality. And therefore, it's easy for us at this time to welcome family because they're in the inner circle. But those who are the outer circle, those who are enemies, those who are not welcomed, hesed welcomes. The idea that that Jesus would say to his people, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was naked. I was a stranger and you took me in. You see, this is what Hesed does. Hesed doesn't passively believe something 
Hesed interactively pursues people. This is the mighty Messiah who pursues us coming into our world. And therefore, the idea that, that, that when you have hesed in your heart, your heart is opened. There's a Danish proverb that says this. Where, there's room in the heart, where there is room in the heart, there's room in the house. I like that. You know, I like little proverbs. And, and, but the idea of the hospitality, hesed means that you as a person are comfortable letting people get close to you. Not just letting them get close to you, but you get close to people. That's what Jesus wants us to learn. I desire that you are free to love as I love. Even the stranger. Well, the second word is hesed is embrace. And there's no more poignant image for me than this idea that Jesus Christ will embrace you. Uh, going into the prisons, let me tell you, those men that I've met that really respond to the Hesed, that they know that I am for them. And when I embrace them, it's a man-to-man hug that men don't hug very much. But these guys, to understand that their sin, their shame has been so destructive to who they are, to see that God still wants them as his treasured possession. Comfort ye. Comfort ye, my people. Your warfare is over. This is Hesed. And if you have that sense... Uh, you, you realize that, boy, you move into the singing part. Yay! You know, the Lord loves me. And, and not just me, he loves you. And therefore, there's a whole community of singing. I got Charlie Brown up here to say, this is the affection of being restored, that you are adopted as sons and daughters in Christ. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful gift of mercy? This is a Japanese proverb. That in your house and in your relationships, the how you relate to people through your tongue, you know that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Well, the Japanese say it this way, one kind word can warm three winter months. Isn't that true? It's what you say to people, even those who've offended you. You don't have to use the technical formality, I forgive you, or okay, we'll settle this, let bygones be by. It's like, I see you. I understand the sin that's involved. And, and without having to say anything, you move knowingly that there's mercy for everyone you meet. Hesed, to restore the dignity. In that passage in Isaiah, Every valley shall be exalted. I can't do that high. But when you're depressed, mercy lifts you up. And when there's damage done, mercy brings healing in its wings. The thing that mercy does, it wants to bring you to the point of honor to restore you as a man, to restore you as a woman, to restore your faith, to restore your kindness, to restore the way you relate to the fallen world. And therefore, 
Have you heard hospitality, embracing affection, restoring dignity? But this all comes from this hesed, faithful, covenant, steadfast devotion. I am for you. I'm not going to let go of you. I'm not going to walk away from you. You may walk away from me, but even if you walk away from me, I won't walk away from you. Wow. This is mighty mercy. And this is the Messiah. When the Messiah comes in, he's faithful, 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 faithful. And therefore, Lamentation says, the Lord's mercies, though through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed when the judgment should really be upon us. Mercy is not getting the judgment. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. But because his compassions, now notice this, his compassions don't break down. His compassions don't get weak. His compassions don't go palsied or atrophied. The mercy of the Messiah never fails. How wonderful is that? (laughs) I just, they are new every morning. Great is your devotion, your faithfulness to me. Therefore, let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature, your spirit be filled with the Holy Spirit, with that same Hesed spirit, so that you're not wanting to get contentment from money or resources or material things, but your contentment is with the Lord as he looks at you and loves you and embraces you and rejoices with affection over you and restores you. And then all of a sudden you find yourself wanting to be devoted to Christ. And you love because he first loves you. Psalm says, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let him consider the steadfast love, the hesed of the Lord. Psalm 107, verse 43. I love this, don't you? So my invitation to you is, behold, this little child, the gift that he has for you, this gift that was laying on Mary's lap, manifests the true love of God. And if you don't see Christ, you won't see, you won't see the God's mercy. But Christ manifests that mercy. And this is the manner of the Messiah. What kind of Messiah is this? He's a mighty, merciful prophet, priest, and king. What child is this? What king is this? He's your king. He's my king. He's your merciful king. And we worship him. But with that, this holiday season, I hope you get alone somewhere in your rocking chair with your cup of coffee and your Bible and just whisper to the Messiah, I love you. I love you. Make my eye single. Focus only on you. And God be merciful to me. And through that mercy, you live by Hesed. And you love by the Spirit. That's the good news. 
That's the good news. So get you up on a high mountain and tell everybody. Reflect that chesed to all those who come your way this Christmas. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much that we would never know about this mercy if it didn't know from this little child that was to be born. Father, thank you that you are the Messiah. You are everything you say and even more. And your love surpasses what we know, of course. So Lord, seek us as we seek you and make us as we are poor in spirit. Thank you that you said they shall receive mercy. So Lord, we are here to learn what that means, but we're here to worship you. We are here to worship you. And we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.